Hi, and welcome to the Time for Your Health podcast with me, Lewis Pierce, and my co-host, Matthew Long. In today's episode, we discuss something that's usually brushed under the carpet by a lot of coaches and personal trainers, and that's whether someone's actually ready to prioritize their health. It's all well and good wanting to eat better, change your lifestyle, or start exercising, but sometimes you need to focus on other things first, otherwise you can end up doing more harm than good. And there's nothing wrong with that. For example, if you're caring one-to-one for a dying relative, it's safe to say you're not in a position to be chucking even more things into the mix. So by the end of this 20-minute episode, you'll know whether it's time to ditch the excuses and get started, or hold fire on your health goals for a little bit longer. Hi and welcome to today's episode with me, Lewis Pierce, and my good friend and co-host, Matthew Long. Matthew, how are you today? How was your weekend? I'm great, actually. I had a nice relaxing weekend. It's uh, post-Christmas and New Year for us here at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it's been good. Nice and relaxing. Good. Good, good. I'm just pleased to be back in normality after we've spent the last... Yeah, getting back into routine is good, yeah. isn't it? I spent two and a half weeks, because obviously we are moving, me, Sarah and Evelyn, moving to Cyprus on the 4th of Feb. So, um, we've been, this Christmas has been all about seeing family as much as possible. So we spent two and a half weeks driving around, bear in mind, Sarah's family live in Yorkshire, my family live in Bournemouth. <laughs> so they're about five hours apart. So it's going to be, gonna be some mileage. <laughs> yeah. And also, oh mate, and on the way to, from Yorkshire to, um, Bournemouth, we had a flipping flat tire. So oh, the, no. the, so the CV joint went on the way to Sarah's mum's. <laughs> so we were driving around with a buggered CV joint. And I was like, okay, cool. There's no garages open. I've got no choice but to drive to Bournemouth. So I drove to Bournemouth with a dodgy CV joint. Anyway, got about an hour into it. I had a, had a flat tyre. So I had to unpack the car on the side of the road with all Christmas stuff and two weeks worth of belongings or whatever. Change the tyre <laughs> on the side of the road. Then drive to Bournemouth. And then we had a thousand pound car bill to get it all fixed. <laughs> In Bournemouth, so oh, just Happy Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, oh well, it's a new year now, mate. We can move on. New year, new year, new year. <laughs> behind you. Yeah, so I'm just well, obviously grateful that we you know, actually managed to get around everywhere and see everyone, and no one was hurt or whatever. But it's, yeah, it's good to be home, and it's good to see your beautiful face again, Matthew. Of course it is. Of course it is. And, okay. And so, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, last week's episode, we talked about goal setting. And we went deep into goal setting for your life, basically. And then we decided at the end of that, of that podcast that we wanted to talk about um, a bit about self-evaluation. When do you know when to work towards a goal? So that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so we're going to yeah. talk. And uh, I, I, just before we go into that, Lewis, if you don't mind, um, I, I started thinking about what, how do we how do we know if we're ready, and what I came up with first was um, how do we feel prior to knowing we're ready. So when we obviously get, start to focus on our feelings about uh, probably feelings like uh, you start to feel a bit disgusted with yourself because you've let yourself go, you start feeling depressed, you can't look at yourself in the mirror, you're not feeling sexy anymore. Uh, you know, your clothes are getting too tight, which makes you feel down. And, and all these stuff can then, all these feelings, all these emotions can then be turned around to your advantage. So all these negative emotions that you're feeling, all this stuff that's getting on top of you, stuff that even makes you emotionally eat, 
we can now motivate use that as a motivator to take the next step and know when we're ready uh, and a few things i've got written down here is uh, um, is that that feeling of disgust when you look at yourself in the mirror um, that is a really powerful emotion. It can really make you feel bad. It can really make you feel down. But if you start focusing on that fat, that disgust in yourself, and start feeling the energy that it provides, the motivation, it can start kicking in. But you've got to really take the time to really focus on it. Because when you can really feel that emotion, that disgust of how fat you are, or how fat you've got, or how much you've let yourself go, that power, that energy from that disgust can then be used as a motivator. And of course, the next thing you do, once you feel that motivation, that drive, that enthusiasm to actually do something about it, is you've got to then plan. Yeah. You went deep then, mate. Flip it, eh? Give the, give the Sorry. Listen. Give the listeners <laughs> for a Monday morning for us. <laughs> oh, my well, God. I think, uh, I think when it comes to, to weight loss, fat loss, whatever you want to call it, you, you've got to, it, it is, it, there are some quite deep down feelings with it all. And uh, a lot of people can be very emotional prior to weight loss in the, in the state that they've let themselves get into. And you have to be honest with yourself. Totally believe you've got to be totally honest with yourself when you're on a weight loss journey. Because otherwise, a lot of the time, you just cheat yourself. Yeah. And, you got, you know, and if you're not being honest with how much you're eating and what you're eating, then it's never going to work. Yeah, 100%, mate. I totally agree. It all comes down to, like you said, it's like that. Culmination of emotions, of feelings, of, of of interactions and situations that you're in, which are building up this negative feeling inside of you. And then eventually, there will be that straw that breaks the camel's back on it. There will be something that happens. It could be yeah. like a lot of the, the women that I've the women that I've spoken to on the phone. It could be something like um, the kid grabbing their stomach and saying, "Are you pregnant again?" or something like that. That can something like that was what breaks doesn't necessarily have to be a kid doing it yeah yeah. <laughs> exactly. i've known a few adults make that mistake with people <laughs> yeah it, it could literally be anything like anything like that where you just think you know what i've had enough and that yeah. is when like we talked a bit about last week your reason why that's when your reason why kind of comes into play that's and it that, when you've reached that threshold point you know you're ready yeah 100 percent. you so you, you know when you we say, yeah, you're ready, but then at the same time, like what, you've, like what you just touched on just then, you've got to maintain focus on why you're doing it because it's very, very easy to, yeah. to be in a painful situation, want to make change, make a plan to make change, and then completely forget why you're making this change and then stop altogether. You've got to maintain mm. that, that focus on why you're doing this because as human beings, like you've said in previous episodes, we just we want to be happy. Yeah, we want to be happy and we want to yeah. stay alive. That's all we really want deep deep down. So you're I imagine you're the expert in regards to cognitive function, but your I imagine your brain would automatically want to make you forget about the painful situation. Yeah, you, I mean, you, when it comes to when you get to that threshold point where you want to do something about it, that's that's what I see where where you're ready. Uh, so you know you're ready, but you still got to take that step then to doing something about it. So you have a, uh, a deep down reason why you want to do it. Now, a lot of the time on our subconscious level is just, we just want to be healthier. We want to be happier. But then we need to write down, maybe break that down a little bit into what is going to make us happier about it all. Is it getting down into a, you know, a, a smaller dress size? Is it the fact that you can have more energy and more um, more ability to have the uh, outdoor activities with your children? Is it setting a good example for your children by you eating healthier and losing weight? They can see how 
the you know your lifestyle change is a, a style that they want to adopt as well so you, you want to be setting a good example and you might find there's several things that will motivate you um, but when you've written down these several things you'll probably find this one that you keep going back to and it might be worth writing them down spending the time just 10 minutes pondering on it thinking about it focusing on it what at the end of the day is your ultimate goal with it and write down several things that you think you know it could be i want to be healthier uh, i don't want to you know be out of breath when i walk up the stairs i want to be uh, you know down two dress sizes i want to be able to spend more time playing outside with the kids without feeling too lethargic too tired and have that energy to do it and uh, and there might be several things it might be you want to be sexier for your partner it could be anything. And if you write them all down, and it might be different times of the day, different times of the week, different times of the month, where one of those motivators will be the one that comes to the forefront. And then maybe other time in the month or day, week, whenever, another one comes to the forefront. And whatever it is, whatever's driving you that day, whatever's motivating you that day, use that energy. Use that negative energy to turn into a positive, to drive that determination for yourself. Yeah. Uh, did I answer the question there, Lewis, or did I just waffle on about something else? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it comes down to having an end goal, right? Yes, that's what I was going to with that. You yeah. have a dream, yeah. you need to set a goal. Yeah, because something that I've seen a lot is, especially with stay-at-home mums, right? Now, if you're a stay-at-home mum listening to this, I'm not beating down on stay-at-home mums. I'm a stay-at-home dad, for God's sake. Right, so I'm not being down on being down on stay-at-home mums and saying that you should be a stay-at-home mum, right? Do whatever makes you happy. Just want to put that as a disclaimer first of all before you start emailing me, calling me a dick. So what I see a lot with stay-at-home mums, and not just stay-at-home mums, it is with other people as well, it's that they don't have an end goal, right? They solely see their purpose as being a mum. They have you know, for whatever reason, that because they put on weight or they're lacking confidence, they don't have a social life, they don't have a partner, they have all these different things going on that mean that literally all they their entire world is just the four walls that they live in, right? You've got to, and that is going to, that's going to you're going to end up in one place where you're going to end up in the bucket, right? In a state of depression and anxiety and just in a very negative state. Could you jump in there, Lewis? The, the motivator at that stage for people like yourself staying at home looking after your children is your your priority is your children and you quite often naturally as a nurturer we put ourselves second uh, but sometimes we need to realize what's going on and we need to put ourselves first but not only when do we put ourselves first uh, are we obviously going to self-improve but putting ourselves first actually is ticking a lot of boxes into that nurturing box you know setting a good example being healthier and being able to spend more time and energy with your children yeah, hundred percent. So you've got to, you've got to have an end goal with your life. Okay, you should always have some kind of end goal. Is what what I'm trying to basically say here is you need you need an end goal, right? That way, if you if you don't have an end goal, you've got nothing to focus on in your life. All you ha all that you have going on is the feelings going through your head. You have no perspective. You have no nothing to make decisions based on it is just emotions flying around your head 24 7 and that is a very very bad place to be because you've got no one to bring you back down to earth you'll just keep overthinking and overthinking and panicking and worrying and your life will stay the same it'll, in fact it'll probably get worse because you're just making decisions based on based on the emotions that are flying around your head so if you want to improve your mental health 
and therefore your physical health, you've got to have an end goal with your life. Yep. With, with your life in general, you have to have, it can be absolutely anything. You can have, the end goal can be like a weekly end goal. It can be a monthly end goal. It can be a life goal of where you want to be 10 years from now. And then every single decision that you make within your life should be based on that end goal. It's like Google Maps, right? Your end goal is getting to a destination. Every single turn that you make, every single U-turn that you do, every single services stop you make is based on getting to the end goal. If you don't have an end goal, Google Maps doesn't give you directions. You just drive around a circle. You can go around and around about 10 times. You have no idea where to get off because you have no idea where you're going. You end up just driving into the wall because you're bloody fed up of life. Don't have an end goal. Anyway. Got to have an end goal. Now, we talked about in a previous episode goals and setting goals. So we talked about um, smart targets and all that kind of stuff. So we won't go into too much detail there. But once we've got that goal, the next thing we need to do, of course, is sit down and constructively make a plan. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, I mean, this is where you, certainly you come into a lot of what you do already, Lewis, uh, with your clients is uh, making a plan, helping them to design a plan helping them to construct or find time to make a plan. And uh, we can maybe go into um, time management in the next episode because it's quite a big one, I think. And, uh, and by, by making a plan, you can see how you're going to get there. It's a bit like you said with Google Maps. It gives you the route. It gives you all the turns. It gives you all the junctions. So by making a plan, you know how you're going to get there. But it's no good just having it written down on paper. It's no good just having it on your phone. Um, you've got a plan, you've got a route, you've got to follow it. And the only way you're going to follow it is by taking action. 100%. By, by taking action, then your goal, your dream, then starts to become reality. Yeah. It's, it's very easy. Writing a goal is the fun part. Writing a goal is the very, very easy part where you get excited, you get goosebumps in your or butterflies in your tummy when you realize what's actually possible with your life. But if you don't actually create a plan, yeah, and you've no idea where you're going. But it's like, going back to the Google Maps analogy, because it just makes so much sense. If you put into Google Maps, you do a destination where you want to go. Yeah, you make a plan of where you're going to turn left, where you're going to turn right, whether you want to take the A roads or where you want to stick to the motorway, whatever you want to do. If you don't turn the flipping car on, you're not going to leave the driveway. <laughs> and that's what taking action is. It, is. it is about turning on the car, yeah, and just moving towards where you want to go, whether it's one mile an hour, whether it's 80 miles an hour, I mean 70, no one drives at 80, that's illegal. Uh, it doesn't matter how fast or how slow you go. I've got some clients in my program who have a lot on their plate. They've got three kids, they homeschool them, they've got their own business, they've also got two other jobs. Yeah, She gets results, but she moves a little bit slower than a single woman who has no kids and you know she's got a job that, that she loves and she's, that she's very, very naturally good at she's going to move a lot faster than, than the first person I mentioned. But as long as, you, as long as you're moving towards where you want to be, that, that is all anyone can ask. As long as you're doing your best and turning up every single day and reflecting on each day and doing better each day by 1% or 0.01%, by any kind of percent, that is absolutely fine. But it's turning... Any, any, any progress that you can achieve in life is good progress, isn't it? And then they like you say, even if it's not what 0.1%. Yeah. yeah. Any move forward is going to achieve progress. Yeah. And something that I see a lot of people do is they, they put the foot to the floor straight away. Like they, they don't give themselves a second to 
actually look at what's feasible right now. And this is what we talked about earlier on, on the last episode, and kind of what we wanted to talk about this, but we've gone completely off tangent, is how do you know when you're ready? How do you know when it's the right time for you to move forward? Well, you've got to, it's like making a cake. You've got to gradually add the ingredients in. If you chuck them all in one go, the cake tastes like crap. You've got to gradually get better and better and better and better and speed up and speed up and speed up and speed up. If you go foot to the floor on your own street where you live, you're going to end up taking the corner too fast and smashing into someone's house. Yeah, I'm loving the driving analogies. Trisha, I'm noticing that. But you've got to make sure that you're driving at a speed that is doable for you to maintain and be consistent with. You don't have to do everything right away, which is what so many people try and do. They try and train five days a week, cut out carbs, cut out sugar, increase their protein, meditate for 30 minutes a day, get 25,000 steps in a day, and then they wonder why they fall off the wagon after three days. Because they're going too fast and they can actually deal with. You've got to, you've got to address or work from the ground up. Yeah, look at what the foundation things that you need to change. Sleep more, drink more. Yeah, try and reduce your stress. Then you can look at your nutrition. Then you can look at increasing your exercise. Then you can look at maybe some self-development by including introducing a book into your daily, reading a book into your daily routine. Maybe then look at increasing your steps. Then look at cleaning up your diet a little bit more. Don't do it all in one go. Yeah, you've got to progress at your own pace. I don't even know how that tangent began, but it was a relevant point regardless. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, it's a day of tangents, mate. A day of tangents. But yeah. That's fine. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's all relevant, so that's all good. Yeah. So where do you want to take it from here? What are we thinking next? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We let's break it down in a bit of a summary. We uh, we need to, uh, you know, use our negative emotions that keeping us where we are and turn that into a positive. You focus on these negative emotions so you can find that drive and determination that you need and that motivation you need and use the disgust on the you know how you've let yourself go the fat on your body hate the fat not yourself. And, and use all that as a motivator so that you can then set a dream. First of all, we need a dream. We want, where, do, where do we want to be? How do we want to look? How do we want to live? How do we want to feel? Dream about it. Then by having a dream, we can write all this down and we can set a date. When we set a date on it, you know, and it's got to be a realistic one. We talked about that when we talked about smart targets. Uh, when we set a date on it, it then becomes a goal. Once we've got a goal, we need to make a plan and we need to break that down into small steps, just like Google Maps does for your journey. Every little turn, every little bend, uh, it breaks it all down for you. You need all these little steps to get there. Once you've got a plan, of course, then you've got to take action because without action, you're never going to change. Nothing's going to change. And by making action, though, your, your dream then becomes a reality. Yep. You take action that's based on your current position and capabilities in life so you don't overwhelm yourself and you're consistent more than anything. Absolutely. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, you have to be brutally honest with yourself. You know, why is it you've got to where you are now and why is it you now have to make these changes? You know, and once you've got being honest with yourself, yeah, you know, you keep having too many takeaways, whatever it is, you're not making time to plan food. Um, Then, of course, by being honest with yourself, you can identify where you need to make changes. And then, of course, once you start your weight loss journey, once you start your uh, um, putting your plan into action, again, you have to be honest with yourself throughout. It's very easy just to have that sneaky odd biscuit or something and not count it because, you know, if you just forget about it, it doesn't matter. But then if you get to the end of the week and you weigh yourself and find out you've not lost weight, you know, you have to be honest with yourself and ask why. 
Yeah. And once you know why and you're honest with yourself, then again, you can make those changes. Incorporate yeah. it into your plan. Yeah, well, that comes down to self-awareness and self-respect, which is a completely different podcast altogether. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Got a few more to do yet, mate. Yeah, awesome. But yeah, so if if you're still listening to us and you haven't decided to jump ship because we confused the hell out of you, I'd probably say go back and listen to this episode again. It's only like 20 minutes long, and it probably would benefit you listening through it again because we covered quite a bit in a very short period of time. Went off a few tangents, so it may be worth listening to it again. Um, I have nothing more to add. Matt, because I think we've done enough. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's all in there. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.